0: Welcome to the Advanced Foundations podcast, where you will hear life-changing truths from Terry Moore, founding pastor of Sojourn Church. Over 30 years, he has developed a series of courses to help people be disciples of Christ who make a difference. We hope you will subscribe below to receive weekly messages. Cross is the Key is a six-part series of messages that are about 25 minutes in length to help the listener get a deeper understanding of everything Jesus paid for through his death, burial and resurrection to his heavenly throne. Welcome to Cross the Key Session 6. Uh, we've been talking about the whole series, really talking about the power of the cross, the victory of the cross. Uh, the cross is the key to really victorious overcoming living and understanding the cross, understanding what Jesus did for us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you won't not just put this on the shelf and and either read or listen to it one time, but go over it. I pray that it will cause you to, to come alive in Christ and to rejoice in all that he has done for you. 1 Corinthians 1.18, we've been using this verse. The message or the word of the cross is absolute foolishness to those who are perishing. And I've said this each time we have shared it, it doesn't make any sense that your king, your hero, your savior, would go to the cross and die. But just because we didn't understand. We don't understand the reality of what he did for us. And, but it is the power of God for those who are being saved. So for us, we really need to understand the power of God and what he has done for us. Now, I actually wrote this, so I'm going to read it um, because it's just sort of I'm going to try to bring things to a, a conclusion in this series. We must believe that what Jesus did at the cross was a total and complete, and eternal victory. It's forever separated us from sin. It severed our old nature. It broke the enemy's power over our lives. We must see ourselves as dead to sin, dead to our old lives, dead to our old way of thinking. We must see ourselves alive in God. What happened at the cross really was an exchange. We must train ourselves to reckon our old selves dead and understand that we're now alive in God so we can truly have life. We must completely identify with the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he is not dead, but he lives forevermore. And because he lives, we can now live. Tremendous resurrection power is available for each and every one of us. There's no reason for us to live in defeat. Uh, It doesn't mean we don't get defeated, but we don't have to live there. Uh, we'll be challenged, but we do not live in con- constant defeat. But we need to live and cultivate living in victory, because of the cross. He paid in full for us to have freedom and victory in every area of life. Now, again, I say it's it's not without struggle. It's not without issues that are going on. I'm not saying there's not struggles. What I'm saying though is we must understand what Jesus did for us at the cross. It is the key to everything. And so what what, where do we, what? do we need to do now? Where do we need to go? We talked about what he's done and we're going to talk a little bit of what we need to do. This is Matthew 16, verse 24 through 25. Now remember, this is where Jesus asked him, said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're this and some say you're that. He said, but who do you say that I am? So, well, you're, you're you know, Peter said, you're Christ, the son of the living God. He said, that's right right after that, he rebukes Jesus, and Jesus has to tell him, get behind me, Satan. And this is what Jesus said, verse 24. He said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Interesting verse. Now, the word life is actually the word uh, suke really where we get the word soul, the mind, will, and emotion. So he's not talking about dying. What he's talking about is who desires to come after me, let him deny himself. What he's saying here is that when I'm on the throne of my life and my world, um, I can't serve and be who God's created me to be. So I have to deny myself, my flesh, my, my what I want, all the things that I want, all about me. And I need to take up my cross and follow the Lord. Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to preserve my life, which is really my soul, which basically means my mind, my will, and my emotions. I'm, when we are led by by what I think, what I feel, and how I'm going to do things, um, that's soulish. And what God is saying is, no, that's, that's what I came, I came to die for you so that you no longer live for yourself but you live for me. So this is the key deal. You want to know how we're going to live the cross, how we're going to walk in the power of the cross, how we're going to walk in the victory of the cross. This is how we do it. We cannot be led soulishly, which means I am not in charge. I have to be led by the Spirit of God. Again, this is something that is so important. We've discussed it. How do you live in the truth of Romans 6? And not get caught in the in Romans seven. What well, basically you, the truth of Romans six? Do you not understand that you were you're identified with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus? Then you come to Romans seven and go, Well, why do I do what I do? Why am I doing this? Because you're living soulishly. How do you get out of that? Live by Romans eight by the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in us to give life to our mortal body. It's the Holy Spirit that changed our life. So it's so important for us to understand we must be led by the Spirit. When it's all about me, that's not the Spirit. It's wrong Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, the next thing in living this reality is understanding the issue of the flesh. And I want us to turn to Galatians chapter five. And I want to spend a little time here uh, reading this passage. Um, You're probably familiar with the passage. Um, Galatians chapter five, it talks about the spirit and the flesh. And I just want to start in chapter five, verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, very clearly, we have the opportunity to if walking in the spirit, is focused upon Jesus living by the Spirit. Walking in the flesh is focused upon me and thinking about me and what people have done to me or what people should have done to me. It's all about me, okay? The flesh lusts against the Spirit. The Spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. You don't do the things that you wish. Again, it's talking about the fact that we have a tendency to be self-centered, we, we, it's all about me. Uh, the way you looked at me, the way you treated me, the way you should have treated me, the way you should have done this—all these things—all about me. Well, all about me is going to get you dead. And what he's trying to—trying to—Paul's trying to tell us is the spirit is contrary to that. The living by the spirit is God-focused, and living if we're led by the spirit, then you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, they're evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions and heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as so I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he's saying here is that, look, this We could go and make this list even longer. We could get more detailed. The bottom line is your focus on yourself is all about you, and it is not going to produce anything good. The bottom line is, is that what does it say? But the fruit of the Spirit. Again, I've always thought this is interesting because it's not plural, it's fruit, period, singular. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the point here is that what, what Paul is saying is that, look, this it's just real simple. If you're going to live according to your own desires, it's going to produce these bad behaviors, it's just as simple as that. If you're gonna live by the spirit, it's gonna produce life. So again, the mindset on the flesh is death, the mindset on the spirit's life and peace. So he's trying to contrast this in every way possible. If I live over here, I'm gonna live according to the world system. I'm gonna live over here, I'm probably going to live you know, in the flesh. I'm probably gonna live, again, it's me focused. Again, if you wanna come after me, deny yourself, Pick up your cross, follow me where. To, to die to living this way. Recognize what we've already talked about in Romans 6: that look, I've been crucified with Christ, and now I'm living a new life. So don't get caught up over here. He's saying, live over here. What is this? Living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit. The Spirit's contrary to the flesh, and they're constantly battling one another. So when you come to Romans chapter 8, and I've said before. Once you're out of uh, chapter seven, it's like, man, what do I do what I do? And I don't want to do what I do. I, what's going on here? I struggle. I can't overcome. It's because you're still living self-consciously aware of yourself and your weaknesses, and you're, you're focused on you. That's just bottom line. The only victory that we, the, the, the victory, the power of the cross, how do you live the cross? Live on the Spirit. So Romans, this is... Um, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let me just stop there and make a comment. If you struggle with condemnation, I should have done, I didn't, I'm sorry I did this, I wish I hadn't done that. Listen, you're, you're still focused on you. You're focused on your performance instead of receiving the performance that Jesus has done for you. See, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If I've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and I'm in Christ, listen, there is nothing in the past that has anything to do with me. I'm a new creation. I, I'm no longer subject to the things I did. I mean, I, I realize that there's, there's consequences to my action, but, but my point is I don't have to live condemned. I am no longer condemned. I've been forgiven completely, and I've been justified as if I'd never done it. Wow, that's amazing. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, but if you walk according to the flesh, you're going to feel condemned. So right now, I ask you, do you walk in some condemnation? Do you walk in that? "Uh, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm sorry I did this. If you are, then you realize what's happening is you're not really living and walking by the Spirit. Because when you walk by the Spirit, your focus is not on you or your performance. Your focus is upon Him and His performance. I hope you heard what I said there. It is so key. Your focus upon Him and Jesus, what He did for you. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of the Spirit of life? love. Love, the greatest force there is. His love expressed through the cross has set us free, made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak and through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, let me go through this one more time. We are so performance-oriented, we get focused on I gotta walk in the spirit, I gotta walk in the spirit. I can't walk in the flesh. That's that's the wrong focus. What he's saying is if you're walking according to the flesh, you're focused upon all your action. You're focused upon all your behavior, you're focused upon all your thinking and everything. When you're focused on the spirit, when you're walking in the spirit, it's not about you. It's about him. You're, you're living in the spirit. You're living in relationship with him. You're loving one another. You're gracious. You're kind. It's what it says. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's fruit. That's when you're living by the spirit, what he's saying is, look, you live by the spirit, that's gonna be natural. When you live by the flesh, all this other junk is gonna come out. But but let's just make it real simple. The bottom line is, is that if the focus is on me and what I need to do, then you've completely, you're off completely. Because the focus is not on what I need to do. The focus is on what he has already done. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that. That makes sense. I hope that does. Because it is so, so very, very important. There's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. There is nothing, there's nothing that from the past the enemy can bring. Right now, I know that some of you are watching this. There's some stuff in your past, some things you've done, and some things that have been done to you. And I'm just going to tell you you need to get it covered by the blood, and you need to recognize that that has no bearing on who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation, and I'm focused on the Lord and who He says that I am and who and his amazing love for me, that's, the, that's living the cross. It's not letting the old pull you down. It's not gonna allow the old behaviors, the old nature. No, no, it's been cut off. I'm a new creation. Now, I wanna shift here. i want to talk again about the battle of the mind. <clears throat> the battle of the mind is something that's so important. We talked about it in the last session. I want to go back and read <clears throat> Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Again, let me just take just a moment here. I've been talking about this the whole time. If we're going to live by the cross, I can't keep focusing on what I didn't do, should have done, could have done, might have done, or what somebody did to me. It's not about me. I've got to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow Jesus. I've got to lose my soulish life. <clears throat> I can't live by my emotions, my feelings, my what I think or what I understand. I have to live by the Spirit. And that's what he's saying here. Okay, if you're going to live by the Spirit, you've got to understand setting your mind. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. If you're going to live by the according to the spirit, you set your mind on the spirit. So again, it's you are responsible for how you set your mind. So it's very important here that in the next verse as to be carnally or fleshly minded. It's death. Be spiritually minded is life and peace. What he's saying is, is that look, the enemy knows that if he can get you to thinking negative thoughts, it's going to produce death. It just is. Psychologists will tell you that if the, if thinking on negative things are going to it will ultimately draw you just keep calling you to be in depression. If you think about yourself, what didn't happen, what should have happened, you can get depressed. So that's all he's saying here. It's just it's, it's a fact. It's not, it's not up to, to like let's, let's let's talk about that. No, if you're going to be fleshly or carnally minded or negative, focused on self-centered all about me stuff, it's going to produce death. But if you focus on the spirit, it's going to produce life. It's going to produce it. And because how do you do that? Well, you set your mind on things above. You set your mind on the spirit. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it cannot be subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the bottom line is you've got to recognize the enemy is trying to get you to think negatively. Whatever happens in life, he's going to fire his dart in there and try to get you to see it from a death perspective because he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's trying to get you to think negatively. So that's his goal because he knows that he comes to, how does he control you through your thought life? And when you understand that the enemy is, if he could kill you, he already would have. Can't do it because Jesus already defeated him. What he has is a lie. He is a father of lies. He's a murderer, and he is a deceiver. So what he's trying to do is get you to believe that God hadn't really set you free. If he can talk you out of the freedom that Jesus has already paid for, he'll get you to walk back into bondage. You'll walk out of the freedom that Jesus has paid for and he's trying to get you to walk back into bondage and gets you defeated completely. That's what he wants to do. He wants to continually box us in until so you think about it for just for just a moment. You think about it. What are, do you think on? What is your mindset? Are you dwelling on the spirit of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Are you, are you living in that realm or are you living in a different realm? It's really that simple. And, you know, we the enemy tries to make things very, very complicated, but it's not not that complicated. It is something that God wants us to understand so we can live in that way. Now, again, we're told in Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three through five, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, we have weapons that are mighty in God. Um, It says plural weapons, but listen, the primary weapon is the Word of God. The Word is the support for all the other weapons. The Word is the sword of the Spirit, we're told in Ephesians chapter 6. The word is living, and it's the thing that changes us. So, my point here in this whole deal is, is that like we shared earlier in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? By and through the word of God. It's only through the word of God that's absolutely going to change your life. It's the only thing that's still here. Think about this. We were I was talking to my wife this morning. How many cultures and kingdoms have come and gone? The Egyptian kingdom, it was amazing. I mean, think about building the pyramids. I can't imagine building the pyramids today with all the heavy equipment I could find. Um, thousands of years ago, they built that. I've gone to see the ruins in Rome and, and, and the early churches and in Jerusalem and see the things that are there, and the excavation and the amazing things that were built. Uh, they're gone, but you know something? Word of God still here. Heaven and earth may pass away, but His Word is not. And so this is the thing that will change your life. You've got to be in the Word. Okay, continue on talking about the key to victory. I just want to do a little bit more here. Turn, if you will, to Colossians chapter 3. And, um, you know, this is where really what God wants to do. He wants to help us. Uh, again, everything I've shared up until really just this last session is about what Jesus has done for us. Uh, you can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't strive to gain it. You can only receive it by faith. It, it's the only way that you're ever going to receive what Jesus has for you. But there, but we do. We have some instructions here. This is Colossians chapter three, verse one. If then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That verse we could spend really the rest of the time just talking about. She, after after Paul talking to the church, the, the Colossians, he comes to three, he says, if then if you were if you were raised with Christ, he's basically saying, to those, Look, have you been born again? Okay, if you're born again, then you you're responsible for seeking those things of Christ, who's at the right hand of the Father. Why is that important? There is no other authority outside of Jesus Christ, nothing. He is at the right hand, the the, the hand of authority of God Almighty. So he, this is huge. He's saying, look, if you're born again, then you need to understand you're not in that, you're not an old man, you're a new creation. You are living in a new position, a place. Therefore, you're responsible for setting your mind on him who is your total victory. There's nothing that's not under his feet. Nothing. Therefore, set your mind on things above. Command. You're responsible. Nobody can set your mind on anything else. You, you, you are responsible. What Jesus did at the cross was restore us to the ability to do what God's called us to do. I have no more excuse why I can't do it. Somebody did this wrong, or somebody did this, or somebody won't let me do this. No, no, I don't care where you are. Paul never once said that he was a prisoner of Rome. Not once. He's in jail in Rome waiting to be executed, and never once did he even comment about I'm a prisoner of Rome. He said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm a prisoner of God. I'm a child of God. They can't do anything to me," he said. "Whether I live or whether I die, matters not to me. You can't you can't kill somebody that's already dead. And so he's just saying here, guys, you got to set your mind on things above, for you died, verse three, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So that's what we're talking about here. You want to live the cross? You got to live in Christ. You got to live by Christ. You got to live by the Spirit. You got to you've got to set your mind on things above. You can't live any longer. Just living in your emotions, living by your feelings, living by, well, I thought this, I thought that. doesn't matter what you think. It only matters what he thinks. You've got to set your mind on things above. goes on to say, when Christ, who is our life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because these things, the wrath of God, it's coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you once your, yourselves once walked and uh, when you lived in them. but now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. don't lie to one another since you have put on put off the old man and its, and its desires and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. There's neither Greek or Jew or circumcised or circumcision. Barbarians or Scythians, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And then the peace of God rule in your heart to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing with one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Whatever you do, word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Want to live the cross? How you do it? Didn't say so it was easy, but Jesus already paid for us to to literally have everything. He paid for it. We have an inheritance, it's in him. And so I want to close in prayer. And my prayer is, is that you know we would really understand the cross, that we would understand it is the key to victorious living. It's the key to everything in our life. But so as I finish this last chapter, this last session, you gotta realize you gotta quit living for yourself. You've got to make that shift and live. God, you got to quit focus being focused on all the issues of life, and you got to set your gaze upon Him. Let's pray, Father. We love you, and we bless you, and we thank you that you have given us life, abundant life. I pray you'd help us to, to not only just to hear this or to read some of these scriptures, but help us to be a living epistle. Help us to live this out. Help us to really be able to set our mind on things above. Forgive us when we walk in the flesh and we set our minds on the things of the flesh. Forgive us, Lord, when we we get distracted by our hurts and pains and emotions and living in this world and, and, and living and letting the flesh rule and reign. Lord, we want to be people that are led by the Spirit. Help us to live by you, Holy Spirit. Help us to set our mind on things above. Help us to to put off the old and put on the new, and literally begin to live the new creation that you created us to be. Lord, I thank you for your amazing love. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that it is the key to victorious and over the living. I thank you, Lord, that it's the power of God for those of us who have been saved. And Lord, we love you, we bless you, we thank you, thank you, thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymoore.org.